This week's episode is brought to you by the Talkbuster podcast. Every episode, Chris Chipman and a guest reminisce of their time working for Blockbuster. Now, even if you've never worked for a Blockbuster, I guarantee you'll find the stories both hilarious and relatable. One of my personal favorite stories was when he had a guest retelling his time of working at a porn shop the day before Christmas when they were just packed to the gills. So listen to the Talkbuster podcast on all your favorite platforms today. And welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this The Darkest Timeline. I'm Lord Commander Lord, and with me as always is... This shield brother, Axel Wright. How's it going today, man? Terrible. So let's move on. How's it going with you? I have a very large, very strong beer, so that tells you everything you need to know there. All right, well, let's go right into uh, our Patreon sound off then. Yes, as our long-term listeners know, we start every episode by thanking the people that make this crazy endeavor possible. Those are our wonderful, wonderful patrons, and they are Pam Galley, Marky, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Reed D, and Arthur Crane. Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. 25 cents an episode gets you all sorts of great bonus content as well as episodes early. And best of all, you get to make sure we keep doing this week to week. Now, this week, we have a very special guest. Welcome to the show, Hobbyist Girl. Thanks for having me. So, if you've read the title, you've seen this is a 40K Talks episode. What are 40K Talks? It's just an excuse for us to talk 40K with someone mm-hmm. from the, comedy, the community that's not terrible. Uh, pretty <laughs> fucking awful. Just just in different ways. It's different ways. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it, it's a charming awful. If you If you know her, you know exactly what she's talking <laughs> about. And if you don't... Look her up and just yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about a faction that I actually know extremely little about, like even comparatively being a new Warhammer person. So this will be a primer for me. It's good stuff. We're gonna talk about the Sisters of Battle. Whoa. Yay. Yeah, this is this is an interesting one because uh, for those of you who don't know, they just kind of got a whole brand reline refresh this past year. Yeah, and they look phenomenal. Yeah, I I like them. I like the rules. There's a couple tweaks to the lore. And honestly, this is one of those armies that has just been languishing in terrible metal cast forever. Yeah, Hell has indeed uh, frozen because we finally got Plastic Sisters. Well, a a few that Games Workshop has deemed to release thus far. Yeah. Well, anyway, before before we get into the the nitty-gritty... Of, uh, of games workshop business practices so <laughs> <laughs> i would say Ulrich and i both have more than a rudimentary understanding of warhammer but assume we do only have a rudimentary one for now and give us a brief intro slash overview of the sisters of battle well the sisters of battle uh, essentially are a loophole um <laughs> i i guess I'll, I'll start by this and by all means like i like I am a very, like, this is an over-the-top explanation. I'm sure I'm going to get lots wrong because I'm not, you know, a lore Hey, just so you know, in our master. first Warhammer... What do you think? In our first Warhammer talk, we made the mistake of referring to our guest as an expert, which he was not and never claimed to be. And uh, the, the community let us knew. So Did they like, yeah. We were talking chaos that day. The, so. the, uh, the well actually is flowed like Oh, like yeah. There's a reason we changed the format for this episode. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm 
I, I mostly talk shit. Uh, but anyways, so the Sisters of Battle exist. They are kind of the, the militant side of the ecclesiarchy. And they exist because a while back there was a there was Raterus Templar that kind of got a little bit too big for their britches essentially. And they the Imperial like body just fucking shut them down like hard. And they essentially said no man will will bear arms again for the Ecclesiarchy. And they're like oh okay well now we're gonna do women. Got the system. You said no men under arms. So. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's totally, it's totally the whole fucking Lord of the Rings, like no man shall strike me down, and you know it turns out to be a woman. Yeah, kind of, kind of like a play on like that whole thing, like. But anyways, that's how they exist. Oh, and what they did was that whole thing's called the decree passive that that states that, and they exist because of that decree passive. So that's why it's all. All women. And their official title looks like is the Adepta Sororitas. Yes, which is the Adepta. Very. That's the copyright term. Yeah, that's <laughs> like the yeah. We just call them sisters of battle though. That's that's too fucking wordy. Yeah, but I thought bringing it up was important because it's very yeah, oh, uh, it's absolutely. very um evocative of the Astartes. Yeah, just kind of like Imperial Guard is now the ministrarum or whatever i i'm butchering Adeptus that ministrarum. I, yes thank you it's pseudo let yeah well that's all of this all of this is just pseudo let and it's kind but of but it's like, copyrightable pseudo let yes that's the that's big thing here folks perfect. games workshop went and made sure everything was copyrightable after they lost the copyright to a bunch of stuff what do you mean we can't <laughs> so, copyright elves <laughs> so or, for your... or space marines yeah. So from your initial description, I, it's funny what stands out to me. The the Imperium of Man is, you know, on the whole, very, you know, culty with the, the, the cult of the, the emperor and whatnot. But right. your your description was very focused on uh, the ecclesiarchy and the sisters' apparent relationship specifically to the religious aspect of the Imperium, which while yeah. every every bit of the Imperium is connected, it seemed like you had a, had a focus on that. Is there a more to that oh uh, well the ecclesiarchy it's essentially like the holy roman church in 40k form i mean it's very very um it borrows extremely heavy from that um in in feel and i don't know if i'm assuming you probably haven't like read any of like the not just lore but like the black library books and whatnot but the whole feel is is it's it's very um rooted in this catholicism feel less child touching but yeah yeah oh yeah 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 less yeah which is hard to believe in the grim dark and the far future there's less child touching but you know they draw a line somewhere probably more child murdering yeah where do you think they get uh cherubs we don't need to bring that up again oh yeah that's that's (laughs) i stand by the old lore of the cherubs it's fucking disgusting. Yep. So is uh is there any who are some powerful figures in the uh sor- sorry, I'm gonna get that word down one of these days. The <laughs> sororitas. Oh well, the living saint is probably numero uno on that. Yeah. Um. Oh god. They don't have many because you know their lore was they exist and they had a book and it was a very old book and they're like. Yeah, they never really bothered to update. Now they're making a bunch. There's St. Catherine, yeah, I don't know what she did. 
Yeah, a quick cursory search of Living Saint brought up a picture of Saint Celestine. Yeah, Saint Celestine's the Saint, named so one now. Yeah, and she's sort of, um, uh, there's a very good um, audio drama uh, called Our Martyred Lady that involves, um, I think it's Catherine Tate. Uh, and uh, it involves, it has uh, Saint Celestine in it. And it, Saint Celestine's a, a really interesting character because there's those that really worship her or like look at her as a living saint. And then there's people that kind of question it because she dies and comes back. So there's a, some people, in, including the uh, the Inquisitor in this, Inquisitor Greyfax, that almost considers her, and a running joke is that she might possibly even be a demon. Okay, can we talk about That's, that one real quick? Sure, sure. It sounds sure, like heresy yeah. to me. So. Well, yeah, well, it, exactly. Well, the fact that um, when she, she supposedly wields... Um, the the power of the emperor and again i'm this is just broad strokes here broad strokes she supposedly and i mean she can fly she she can um and she can come back from the dead in fact that's kind of uh in uh her rule set if she dies on the table she can come back on a two plus i think yeah Uh, and then she's hard to kill Yeah, she's very hard because then she's got the Gemini and the Gemini always die first and she can bring the Gemini back. And yeah, it, it's a whole cluster. She's a her. big, scary beat stick on the Yeah, I would, I would imagine the, the coming back from the dead, though, would be. Uh, I think you'd the, the get emperor a will eventually come back, you know? Yeah, I think you, that, that would raise some eyebrows when it comes to, you know, an inquisitor or, you know, anyone that isn't just deeply rooted in this, you know, cult of the dead guy on a throne yeah i mean well, let's talk about this and this is kind of you know they started leaning on, this is where i stand okay the emperor has ascended to the rank of chaos god and he has greater and lesser demons and yeah. the living saints are living are his imperial demons kind of like his bloodthirster <laughs> yes exactly I mean, they die they go to the warp they have to travel through the warp and then they come back I mean, the the fucker eats hot, what what is it a thousand psychers a day? Yeah, a thousand yeah. psychers yeah. daily. That's that's some fucked up shit. That's not like you know. We're He's not... consuming souls. He is a yes. chaos god. Yeah. And even if you take that apart, everyone believes he's a god. And by the rules of 40k, if you believe it, it becomes true. No, no, Inquisitor. I've never met these two before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that really, I feel like Games Workshop's doing the typical tiptoeing around it. But between the Legion of the Damned and the shenanigans Sisters of Battle pull off with, we don't use psychic powers. Now watch us, you know, summon a 40 foot wall of flames in the shape of the Emperor's face. Right. That's all the, uh, hell. You've got the Emperor being, you know, a chaos lord. Gulliman's back and he's fucking Xenos, chicks. Like, it's just, it's all just going to shit. So, as a, as a quick side note, a lot of the pictures I see of Sisters of Battle, they have, you know, big angelic wings. Is that like, I don't see that in other models. Is that special armor that only they get? <laughs> well, um, it's uh, stylized. I mean, you have St. Celestine who has the wings. And then um, usually the uh, the Seraphim or Gemini, the, the jump sisters, like kind of like the equivalent of um, the assault marines, jump packs have them. Uh, those are typically, I think those are the only ones that have them. Um, yes. And I think it's more like stylized with the, the whole 
churchy ecclesiarchy thing. That's the whole shtick of uh, Sisters right. of Battle. It's like if the church went to war, which that's right. literally what's happening here. And, and, and they well, aren't. It's just interesting because the the church is kind of embedded in everything. It's just like the sisters are more so, like a more extreme yeah. version. This is their of it. beat stick. <laughs> Everyone yeah. gets a beat stick, and this is the ecclesiarchies. Theirs just happens to be made up of women. And I will say they're not the only ones. Uh, Blood Angels also have, I forget, is it the Sanguinary Guard or yeah, something? Yeah, the Sanguinary Guard are all dressed like angels. They, in the yeah, they have, room. they've got well, the, the, the single jet uh, pack with the, the, the wings on the sides, yeah. Well, plus Sanguinius was the Primarch who's usually depicted with wings, so that yeah. kind of that makes yeah. a lot of sense. He had big-ass wings. Yeah. And let's be honest, if he was not the Emperor's son, he would have been dead as a mutant. Yeah. I'm saying nepotism, it exists even I mean, in the he was, he was dead anyways, Horus. That. <laughs> that happened later. Yeah. So, so general, really broad question, because we've been, we're talking a little bit about, like, what the sisters are, and, mm-hmm. uh, and like, a little bit of lore about them. But you, as a, as a person and our guest, what draws you to them? Why do you like them specifically? I, I've kind of been drawn to them. I mean, I've been, um... A 40k, I'd say painter than player. I mean, I, I've been painting since I think I got into them around like like 97, 98, like around second edition. And uh, they were they were my second quote unquote army. I don't think I played with them until later. But I mean, honestly, it's female representation in a very like more male oriented game. I mean, I guess to, yeah. to put it bluntly, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, I'm not gonna. Like, I think that's perfectly reasonable considering yeah. how largely male-oriented the it all is. <laughs> I mean, they weren't they weren't the only reason why I got into port. I mean, my first army was orcs, and I got. You're <laughs> sorry. That's yeah, my army. <laughs> I got. Well, they're my main. Like, at, like out of. I mean, I have a sizable sisters. Uh, army, but my my orcs are they they eclipse it as far as how much I have. Um, oh, Ulrich, you're out wad in this report. <laughs> um, and but they were my like I thought they were cute back in second, so I got into them. Uh, and uh, but then when I saw sisters uh, show up at the, we had like a like a it was like a local I wouldn't even call it a local game store. It was a hobby shop that had like historic figures like world war ii stuff and stuff like that that really had no like i I didn't care about that at all but then my friends got started looking into warhammer and i kind of followed suit and followed with orcs and then sisters i was like oh cool there's actually the right models in there yeah so that's really what got me into them and i just kind of um you know i i didn't follow them through the years, but I would kind of bounce back to them. It wasn't much to follow. It's like, new edition, no new sisters. Right, new yeah, edition, yeah. No new edition, I mean, rumors of a new sister, but no. I mean, the models that I bought back in second edition were the same medals that... I mean, there were new ones, like, you know, the Exorcist, the, the old metal one that I have one of. Uh, that wasn't released way back when, but the it core... still metal. <laughs> Yeah, the core sisters of battle were like they didn't ever. They were the same in second as they were, you know, so six months quick, ago. <laughs> explain for our listeners what an exorcist is, because it's my favorite. It's my problem. It's, I want to say second favorite because the penitent engine is also really cool. But explain what the exorcist is. 
It's a rhino that has an organ full of fuckery that it it spits out. Uh, essentially, it's like a it's a organ missile launcher. On the back of a tank. Yeah, on the back of a tank, and it hits hard. Oh, I love hard. it. It's so good in this new edition. Like, yeah. oh, I, I need one. No, so this is a battle. Crazy. They are a very unique army, which is, I think, why so many people wanted them in plastic. It's like, this does not look like any other army in 40K. And a lot of people will wrongfully assume that they are the female Space Marine equivalent. They're not. That's, that's what you generally hear. So how do you, how do you counter that? <laughs> They're not because... Honestly, because... Okay, so... Not to get, I, I wasn't actually going to bring this up, but since we're, we're going down that road, that is one of the the many um, arguments for people who don't want um, uh, female space marines. And my biggest um, rebuttal to that, or the thing that I bring up is, they're 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 not a star days. They they're a strength three, toughness three. They're they're just weaker. And not only that, but I mean, as much as I love Sisters of Battle, I think it's more of <laughs> oh god, this is where I'm gonna get in trouble. I think that hey, hey, talk- in all fairness, just to just to make you more comfortable, last time we talked about this, I put my flag down on the uh, why aren't there female space marine? I feel like once you get a space marine, you lose all sorts of gender because uh, you're a mutant. So I've already put it in target on my chest. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I, I put a target on myself, Taylor, so I, I, I don't care. I, I'm kind of bull on, I'm not sure if you've noticed. Um, I love sisters. Believe me, I do. But they're an outdated token army that is kind of like at this <laughs> I know, right? Like it's kind of like ooh. oh, the comments are gonna be fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're an outdated token army that is kind of more like a well. Here, you get this army. You know, go pl- go play with that. Well, we're get- we're gonna keep everything male oriented over here. You're not wrong. <laughs> no, I will say no. that much. I, they I, are getting yeah. this recent lower rework is getting better. But you were not wrong. They were totally invented as the token army of, see, we have female representation. Yeah. They're over there. And then it's we gotten, never updated that model line for over a decade. It's gotten a lot better. And would I want to see them go away at this point in in lieu of uh, female space marines? No, because there's such a deep-rooted history in them that I don't think you can do that at this point. But I think that's the origin of it and I, I think that um you know if we could rewind time and do it better then yes we could <laughs> yeah that's gonna yeah. sorry that's <laughs> uh, all right like, like i said we we have um i'm gonna go with fun with the community <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. oh i've already like everyone knows where i stand on this so uh, if, if they want if you want to yell at me you can find me on twitter <laughs> Oh, the hell site. Those okay. threads are always fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you kind of already talked about, well, you touched on this uh, about, like, around second edition, but how, and, and, your, and your friends, so how did you say you got into the hobby originally? You said you started, like, Oryx, your friends were kind of into it, but, like, how did, how was it broached to you? Kind of like, hey, look what we found. This looks cool. <laughs> I'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, and then, like, everyone just sort of, like, 
um, I guess, divvied up because, you know, like, I don't know, there's always this feeling of, and, and maybe not so much once you get older, but especially like when you're in teens, it's like, all right, someone pick that army. That one's gone. Like, I can't choose that. So like, no, I, I totally understand that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I didn't get stuck with orcs. Like I thought they were like out of all of them. I mean, well, maybe Eldar, but they they were taken, like one of my friends. Like, but uh, out of all of them, orcs were freaking cute. Like second edition orcs. Like, I mean, they were <laughs> they were dog shit on the table. Like they were awful. Like half of my stuff got killed by my opponent, and the other half just fucking blew up be- just cause. So like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I ever won a game with, like, second edition orcs. It was just bad. Um, in fact, one of them, I think, I think I was going up against Space Wolves. And back then, they were really fucking, like, like I think it was just, like, the, the person had um, just a line of um, their Terminators with, like, Cyclone missile launchers and stuff. And I think I had, like, a chain reaction of three things blowing up. Like, one would blow up, it would run into the other one. That would blow up, and it ran into the other thing. I'm like, that's, like, half my army (laughs) just (laughs) gone. Turn one, just chain reaction blowing up. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it was at least comical. (laughs) Yeah. You don't play orcs to win. (laughs) You play orcs to have fun. Now you can. I mean, their new codex is unless you're playing and, against Tau. Oh, yeah. I'm saying you, you can't. I'm not saying you can't win with them. I'm just saying typically orc players are not playing because they wanted a competitive army. They're playing because they just love the goofiness that is inherent with orcs. Right. Or they love the converting of them. Like the yeah, or that possibilities. No, I will say I, I've been able with the new codex. I was able to get a couple um, turn one charges in with them because you can do that. Um, the new um, trike bike that you oh, can yeah. use in HQ, that's got Speedwatt. And not only that, but you can, um, I think you can, you can both charge on the same time that you, um, that you uh, sprinted or whatever it's called. I, I forget what the fuck Advance. it is. Advance. Thank you. And you, you advance on a, a six with it, I believe. And I take I take one of those for the Speedwa, and I take the uh, the Forge World HQ, the the dude on the fucking bike with the the big saw. What's his name? I don't remember what his fucking name is. But he can do the same thing. Yeah, I can get a, my opponent is close enough, and they don't just go all the way back to their table edge. I can get a turn one uh, charge with them. And then, kinda, then I just I have to make sure that I don't kill whatever i charge that turn because then i'm out in the open and i just get <laughs> yeah Didn't then it's bad like news so so I, I have a question so like do you have a favorite story and or engagement involving sister battle like i'm an orc player and my favorite like lore story is the octarius war for example so do you have something like that for the the sisters of battle honestly i don't i i it's it's hard because i don't know a lot of deep lore a lot of my my knowledge is uh broad strokes um so it's it's kind of hard i i don't really sorry <laughs> like ah it's all right it's okay. you don't need, yeah. you don't need long answers to everything of battle. So. there's not a lot of lore for sisters of battle like people don't realize they had I one codex say, and that was it forever i think they've got like 
No, they have more. They have more Black Library books now, but for the longest time they had two and a short story. Sisters of Battle. Well, that's really why I was going to ask because I want to know what, like, any important engagements they might might have been involved in. Because like I, I get to go to the the Battle of Armageddon and the Octarius War whenever I'm telling someone like this cool thing happened. So like Sisters I, of Battle is hey they got a tank that's also a church. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. <laughs> there you, is, you sell it on the army. There is one that um, I don't know if it's been brought up yet and, and in your talks about them. But there's it's not kind of like a good, cool story, but there, it's a piece of lore that uh, it, it exists, I guess. Um, and that's the blood tide. Oh you no! Know about the blood I thought tide? they re- I thought they retconned this. Did they? What's the blood oh, tide? I don't, I don't know. know the blood tide. I'm pretty sure they retconned this, but go ahead Did because they? this really does help with the narrative of what games, how Games Workshop is treated. Sisters of Battle. Uh, no, it was essentially it essentially used Sisters of Battle as a um uh just a plot device, and um uh, to, to just because I I think you might be right. I think they may have retconned it because it was just this bad. is super bad. It was just super bad. It essentially was um Green Knights slaughtering Sisters of Battle so they're uh, to protect themselves from uh. From demons, wasn't it? Or, yeah, um, their blood wait, wait, was wait, holy. Wait. Are you saying that they had a Space Marine chapter essentially fridge the Sisters of Battle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sort yeah. Of? But they, no, they, they killed them because their blood was quote-unquote pure, and then yeah. they coated their armor in their blood to go fight demons. And it was just, you look back and it's like, Games Workshop has not treated Sisters of Battle well at all. Yeah, that, that's no, pretty messed I'm, up. I'm pretty sure they retconned that. I think it was fourth edition. They they probably did. Yeah, it's old, and um, I it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me at all if they did retcon it because it was just bad. It's been it's been a joke for a while. Oh yeah, no. One of my (laughs) favorite uh, recent retcons was all the Sisters of Battle are recruited from the Adeptus Prognosium, which is the you know school for orphans and well-off you know students and they picked the most it used to be they picked the most uh physically strong and faithful but also beautiful and now they've nixed the <laughs> most beautiful part and they're like no we're just going to take the ones that are you know that one over there is beating in another student's face because they said the emperor was not the best we want her no that took the pressure off from uh them sculpting female faces <laughs> I, did, I did think it was funny that apparently, like, the most popular tweet that Ulrich's in control of our, our social media side of things, and, like, our most popular tweet so far was basically him just sharing pictures of the new Sister of Battle with uh, a comment saying, like, you know, hey, awesome warriors don't need to look beautiful. This is great. No, they don't. <laughs> you know, let's talk about that controversy real quick. <laughs> I saw controversy, and I'm like... Which one? The big one, which was when they first started releasing the new Sisters of Battle art and the Sisters of Battle model, there was, shall we say, complaints that they just, they weren't beautiful anymore. They were ugly. I'm like, have you seen those old ass models? Are, are you referring to the possible um, Repentia issues? Oh, the Repentia was the first one. People lost their shit oh, for the Repentia. Oh, people, like, and, like... I, I actually I had a couple people um, 
get very heated and unfollow me on Twitter because I, I followed def- a couple people over it. Because I, of I uh, well, I people were so mad and uh, a couple people were like, well, I'm just gonna use Raging Heroes instead. I'm like, they look like they look awful. First of all, Repentia used to look like some like fanfic 40k BDSM West wet dream. And search, like, you are absolutely correct. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like they really did. Like it was. I mean, and you know what? That was the time. And they worked for back then. And now the new models look fantastic. But people were oh, yeah. so mad that they 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 were they they were too muscular and they looked like catechins or however you fucking pronounce it. Yeah. Um, Real quick, we'll do this with uh, Repentia. Repentia are basically are when a sister of battle does something that they feel is, you know, wrong or sinful or dishonorable, they have to strip themselves of all their armor and their rank, wield giant chain blades, and fight until they die or until they're absolved of their sin, which is typically when they die. Right. And people are like, wait a second, you mean these, you know, ridiculously strong women are not also supermodels? That they're, you know... They look like they can carry around armor and they've tore their hair out in distress. No, 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 no. You get back there and put up the push-up bras on. Right. I, I, I will you, say the the fighting in, oh, I don't know, that looks like a scroll bikini. That is, uh, that hurts my brain to see that. Yeah, I, yeah I the mean, old art in, is, is very telling. There's the word. I mean, I'm not going to... I'm not going to king shame anyone on their models. I mean, I, I paint a lot of Kingdom Death, so, like, I it, I have nothing against lewd minis, but it's just, I, I feel like it was a, a no weird... One would admit, no one would admit that's what they were mad about. Yeah. It was always, well, they're ugly, or they don't fit the lore anymore. It's like, bitch, please. They fit the lore better now than they ever did. Yeah. No, they totally do. I mean... They have markings for power armor now. Like, no one that skinny is going to be able to lug around power armor. It's just, it didn't make sense. And uh, the other controversy was they released the new art of them being battle-scarred and torn up. Oh, yeah. And people got mad about that. And it's funny, you go and you look at the old art, there's lots of uh, corsets and thrusting forward and this new <laughs> art there's a lot of you know there's, there's uh, a lot of hair there's not the flare de lis uh, nipples which always struck me as weird the old armor they had little flare de lises on where their nipples would be it's like listen yeah. boob armor is one thing that, that that's its own thing but why are yeah. you putting literal markers to where their nipples would be yeah it's <laughs> it, this it, it was a little... release has been funny yeah it really has and i think that is a it seems par for the it seems well it seems par for the course because I think I think they've just grown used to it with everything else. You see these arguments no matter what um you see it in comic book movies, you see it in Star like it just kind of follows. And it's the same thing. It's it's like you're making my toys and my cartoons less sexy. Like it, it's it's kind of weird. It really is, and I called a lot of people out, and I made the jokes like, it's okay if you want to fuck your models. Just admit it. Right. People get all indignant. Like, I do not. Like, <laughs> Dude, look at Raging Heroes. Every one of them is an anime character. Yeah, and that's And people fine. would get so upset at me. Like, I'm not trying to say it's a bad thing. I'm just saying you need to be willing to admit that that's what's going on here. Otherwise, you look really stupid. And, and honestly, Raging Heroes 
was great when it came out, like the, those models, because they're what, better than like the melted slag looking like Sisters of Battle <laughs> models from second edition, like just the blobs of metal. Like they looked way better than that. But now we actually have official models that look fantastic. There's I, I mean, I, I feel like at that point you don't really need those. Well, you do if you want them with all the sharp edges and the uh, huge tracts of land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, anyway. I mean, they are good sculpts. <laughs> they are good sculpts. The they, they, I'm, not, not, I'm not saying they're bad sculpts. Yeah. I'm just saying it is a very definitive statement about why you play Sisters of Battle. Right. And there was, they filled something that was needed at that time when they came out. Because up until that time, we weren't even seeing leaked um, CAD images we weren't seeing anything we had no clue other than possible like like a possible leak in that that video with the clocks on the wall but again that felt that felt at that time more like we were being like conspiracy theorists when we (laughs) we saw that than anything else still waiting on that plastic thunderhawk i i I need that in my life i know it's probably not going to happen the way i want it to but that that would be cool so, uh, obvious uh, reasons that we've already <laughs> acknowledged aside, uh, why would you say it's like a major reason someone might choose to play this faction? Aside from uh, what we've already discussed, um, I think they're really unique um, in the fact that, yes, they're, um, they're almost like a marine option, but they're, they're not, for one. They're, they're a bit cheaper, um, I mean, they're a bit weaker, but also they have some interesting mechanics with um, their faith mechanic. Uh, And again, I'm not very, you know, up on um, the tactics of them, but they kind of forego the whole command point thing in lieu of uh, their faith points. And they generate them in different ways. It's kind of a a neat alternative to um, the typical uh, play style. Well, because they're not allowed psychers or any form of that because, well, that's abhorrent. But they do get divine gifts from the emperor because the emperor is a god. (laughs) Let's let's call it what it is. Right. Yeah, it's it's really neat how they... um, how they generate like different things will generate faith points and they can use them in different ways um, because they can use acts of faith, um, gaining miracle dice um, in performing the acts of faith. You can use them for like advanced rolls, charge rolls, hit wound. Like it, it's, it's kind of a, um, a broad range of effects that you can do. They're with. a very well-rounded army in that respect. They are. And not only that, but it, it's really cool because, I mean, granted, like you've said earlier, the Imperium of Mankind is is kind of um, religious feeling in general, but this is like just turned up to eleven with the the um, the imagery and and all of that. So if you really like that, um, almost dark age church feeling but in sci-fi then then i think that's you know the way to go so if you're the kind of person into templars and crusaders yeah absolutely yeah but you you don't want to do space marines or you like space marines but you feel they're a bit too chonky right because yeah you you still have like black templar with uh 
with that. But even them, they're more space marine and less um, less churchy than than these are. Yeah, like I would say that space marines in general don't strike me as particularly churchy, with no. you know some some exceptions like early word bearers or something. But this, I feel like it's it's so baked into the very structure of uh, the Sisters of Battle that it's like yeah. that's the aesthetic. That's what you're here for. I mean, one of the models is a freaking funeral procession. The the triumph of Saint Catherine is a fantastic like i feel like that's reason enough to get this uh these new models that's a really cool army. model i want it's that model. amazing it's huge i have it like 10 percent built over on the side like i i i just kind of wanted to build the uh the coffin and then i i moved on to like work yeah. i was supposed to be doing. uh since podcasts you can't see what we're talking about it's basically a funeral procession of a it's a funeral procession, but everyone's got guns and swords and is wearing armor. Yeah, it, it's it's a neat trend too that we're seeing with uh, new releases from Games Workshop because they started it with the uh, the Bone Reapers, and this is the second time they've released a like a diorama as an actual model big centerpieces so, help i'd argue gilman yeah. kind of started well magnus technically started that trend but they've been leaning more and more into everyone gets a big expensive centerpiece model mm-hmm. that's fun to paint fun to build and fun to bring on the tabletop because it's just oh, it's, right. it, it draws the eye yeah right and and we've had those big centerpieces for a little bit like you said i think what i mean in this one is like there's not one figure like gilman is huge Magnus is huge. In these, with like with the Bone Reapers, you've got like four or five models, like a cluster of models, almost like they're lined okay, up yeah, for yeah, like yeah. like their out, like saying. their EP picture, like they're got they're about to drop a, a hot uh, <laughs> single, and like it's more of like a, a a diorama versus like one person being like the the sole focal point on a base. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, the other reason I would say you can weigh in on this is Sisters of Battle are really cool both from a lore perspective and a visual uh, aesthetic if you're really into the grim darkness of it all because their whole arsenal is lots of flames and meltas which no one can really define what melta is except mad scientific flames and right. so they, they really lean into that both in the tabletop and in the lore of like we're just gonna burn everything to the ground and if you are really into that whole grim dark aesthetic I mean Penitent Engines that is just, you know, this person done wrong. So we strapped him to a torture engine and sent them to, you know, fight. Right. Well, there's that piece and there's the, I, I feel like the other side that um, people not, might not think too much about is within the grim dark, you have that kind of that, that beam of celestial light, that hope. And I kind of feel like these models kind of, bring that out and i i just picture like a, a sister of battle like holding like uh, almost like a, a rosary you know with the light beaming down on her like you know like a, a classic fantasy paladin i, no, I think it's interesting i think it's interesting to note that so like in my case i got into warhammer originally because of dawn of war actually some friends recommended this game dawn of war and i started playing it and i adored yep. it and i think it's uh of to, interesting to note that you know Sisters of Battle were introduced along with the Dark Eldar in the second expansion, and there's no like Tyranids, 
So they got chosen over, you know, that race, which I think is a pretty big and pretty cool like deal. So that's why it surprises. I wonder how long people at Games Workshop have been, you know, some people have been trying to like put them more in the, you know, the spotlight. Because based on what you guys are telling me, they seem to be uh, ignored largely and sadly. <laughs> right. Well, um, I think at that point, um, I'm trying to remember when did Dark Eldar get their update? Um, it feels like it was just yesterday. It was years ago. Dark but I Eldar, think... which update? They got like a recent one. Well, when because for a while they hadn't gotten a codex in forever, oh, and then they finally was... got yeah that one. I want to feel ago. at that point they were, Dark Eldar weren't updated either. So yeah, it was it was kind of two armies that really didn't get a whole lot of love back then, uh, getting some video game play. <sighs> Which yeah, I guess I never thought about that. I guess that is pretty interesting because you would think if they were big enough for a, a video game presence that they would be popular enough to get some regular updates. I just thought it was interesting, particularly they got chosen over the the Nids, because the Tyranids are basically the basis for things like the Zerg and related types of other fictional creatures, and they're considered one of the, like, the, the primary forces at this point in the 40k not that i'm a huge charity fan myself but i'm just like right. hmm, there has to be a reason why these two dark eldar and sisters of battle got chosen instead of the nids you know right and well tyranids are kind of one of the reasons why or at least where the tyranids came from is one of the reasons why we really even have 40k because of starship troopers yeah i mean they're they're essentially like that's essentially nids versus guard so like it's without them you almost don't have this whole mess of a fucking universe and i'm not i don't know how (laughs) much like control games workshop has over uh when it rents out properties i've I've heard that actually they're very loosey-goosey with their you know their rights that they hand out to any video game maker or game maker that wants to make something is they kind of have a wide net but it means that there had to be like someone who was specifically feeling this, as you put it, like, man, these two armies haven't gotten codexes in forever. Well, let's let's try to make them more popular by putting them in our game, you know? Right. Yeah, that could have been, um, who was it, uh, THQ, I believe? Yeah. It could have been uh, something that THQ decided to do versus... I think it uh, was a THQ decision over Games Workshop allowing, because yeah. that was back in the day when Games Workshop was, we are a model company, why would we make anything else? Right. No, the whole so new I, handing out to everybody, that's a new one. We're like, wait a second. We like money and people want to buy our products. What if we made our products everything? We'd make more yeah. money? Oh, okay. Still hoping on that squeak out, pillow. It's turned out fantastic. Oh, I mean, fuck. their decisions lately have been amazing. TV shows. Like, what a time to be alive. Turns out <laughs> people that will pay $60 for a model will also pay $60 for dinnerware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you slap a space marine on a plate, I might buy it. Like, oh, well, that's kind of cool, right? So I've got at least one more lore question here about the sisters. It, it, they strike me because of the the heavy aesthetic emphasis on on religion, on church imagery, uh, specifically like Western church imagery. I would imagine that what little lore they do have would primarily have them be pit against chaos. Like I have a hard time imagining 
a specific reason to uh, in in the lore to deploy the sisters against like an orc wa or a, a Necron uprising. They seem like very tailored to there's demons, send the sisters. Is that like a correct kind of uh, jump I'm making? Um, a lot of what I've read is based off from that, but I think it's goes along with like anything of uh, 40k. They can go against anyone really. Um, what I read is other people, people that do not believe the way they should. Right, that too. I, you see a lot of um, them against demons, though, or, or chaos in general. Yeah. Now the problem is like it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But sisters, like they're getting a bunch of stuff now. They have an army, but for the longest time, you had two books and a short story. Mm-hmm. Yep. And one of those short stories was about how one of them fell the Slanesh because. Of course they did. It had right. to be Slash, right? Of course it, it did. It had it had to be. It couldn't be that they they were just you know too violent and felt you know corn. Nope, yeah, had to be know, excess. That, no. Yeah. Couldn't like, it couldn't be the <laughs> demon blood god. It had to be the sex god, of course. Nope. <laughs> sister Sister Peggy used her fucking Hitachi way too many times, and well now <laughs> she, now now she's gone to Slash. No, I'm really curious. Like sisters are in a interesting place. I mean, if sales are anything to be believed they're doing well because no one could get their hands on that uh, starter box. I mean, it sold out in my area, like within four hours. (laughs) And then I ended up, um, I think I ended up with six total. Yeah. People were just Uh, hoarding them while other people. Oh, I, well, I, I gave one away on my uh, Twitch stream. Uh, That was my original. And I like, everyone was so upset and I, I managed to get in on the pre-order that I'm like, I'm just going to give this away. And worst case scenario, I can just buy the boxes when they eventually release them, you know, down the road. And then I happened to get told by one of my friends, oh, yeah, a local game store has like five of them in store. Like after they had, you know release and they they were just sitting there so i ended up buying i think four of those yeah those um, went quick and and i think i i gave a couple out to people and and then i got one for christmas <laughs> it was yeah it was just like meanwhile i couldn't find one to save my life and people are on ebay selling the dice for 80 dollars which for the I, record I folks the dice were just regular black and They're, white dice they're fucking Yahtzee dice, practically. Like, like, yeah. yeah they're, like, There's nothing <laughs> special about these dice, and people were nope. like, dice from the Sisters of Battle Box, $80. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So so there's a question that uh, I don't think we originally planned to ask, but just came to mind. We asked this in regards to uh, another type of show we do, but I know you said that it's not necessarily your main, but thinking about people who have Sisters of Battle as their main – and as close as it relates to you, what do you think that says about the player? And let's try to lean positive here, I suppose, because <laughs> we already had our controversy talk. But you know, what, you know right. what I mean? Like what that? Like when I think about I'm an orc person, that says about me I like to joke around and have fun. So like, right. what does what does Manning Sisters of Battle say about you? No, I don't think it necessarily says that they're religious, but I think that like for me. religion fascinates me and like the the icons and just the the overall feel of like the cathedrals i i think that can draw people to it like just that that religious tone and feel of them all right well 
in I think we're kind as you can see we're very loosey goosey we don't really have you know heavy structure so I don't know if we came right, to anything right. resembling a uh, a conclusion so before we move on mm-hmm. to the next section of what we do do you have any concluding thoughts for us based on, on the sisters on our conversation anything like that I don't know not really <laughs> all right that's a perfectly acceptable if, answer. So. If, if you like churchy models sisters are probably for you there you go how's that that works great. So uh, at this point, then, it is we we concede the floor to you so you can plug oh, anything you want to plug. If you if you search Hobbyist Girl, you're probably going to find me on most places. Uh, hobbyistgirl.com is my website. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash hobbyistgirl. I do a lot of uh, streaming. Uh, that's where you can usually – that and Twitter are usually where you can find my most up-to-date uh, works and my work in progress. Mostly Instagram. I just throw, like, my completed shit out there. do a lot of commission work, so if you're looking for a model to get painted, hit me up. Awesome. Well, then, uh, at this point, we move on to something we do called uh, Suggestions of the Week, where we just – talk about something we've been into recently that people listening might be interested in. And since I'm leading us into it, I'll just start us off by saying real quick that I recently started watching season three of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and it's on Amazon Prime, and it's amazing. And I highly recommend it to anyone who, I don't know, likes good comedy, nostalgia. I don't know how you miss out on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel at this point, considering all the Emmys it has won. I've never seen it. No, I have no fucking clue. Okay. I was just about right. to ask you. Then real quick, the, the the plot is actually very simple. It's early 1960s, like 61 or 62 or something. Mrs. Maisel is this woman who, in episode one, you know, so it's not a spoiler, her marriage falls apart for reasons, and she ends up drunk and on stage at a local club just complaining and it's hilarious so then one of the people at the club approaches her and it's like hey you should do stand-up comedy so the show then is about a woman in the early 1960s where it still feels at the 1950s trying to make it as a uh, essentially a lenny bruce style edgy stand-up comic oh wow okay and, yeah i'll have to check that out yeah and it's amazing it's amazing yeah it's it's witty it's the it's literally the snappiest dialogue i've ever heard like on television so anyway that's my wow. suggestion <laughs> no this show is amazing it makes me laugh my ass off and oh i want to gush about it but i can't because well you haven't seen it so <laughs> <laughs> i i will i will make a, a point because i've actually been looking for things to watch uh, while i paint uh so uh, I, i'll have to check it out I know it's really good. I'll go ahead and do mine. Uh, well, listeners of the show may have noticed we've done a lot of Kevin Smith content because, well, our friend Chris, who is a frequent guest on this show, and it's his birthday, so happy birthday, uh, he likes Kevin Smith. So we've kind of been doing a lot of Kevin Smith content, which led me to stumbling upon Comic Book Man. I don't know if either of you guys have ever heard of this show or seen this show at all. Oh, but- Yeah. Uh, I stumbled upon it because you watch so much Kevin Smith and then the algorithms start saying, hey, you like Kevin Smith. You may also like this thing he's tangentially related to. And here we get Comic Book Men. It's about his store in New Jersey called, you know, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash and about 
the everyday goings on of the little comic book store run by his friends. It's one part kind of nerdy pawn stars and that people bring in comics and toys and collectibles and shit and try and sell and buy stuff. But also it's like, what is Kevin Smith's wacky friends up to this week? And it's a lot of fun. It's a really good show. And again, not being a huge Kevin Smith fan, watching this has kind of, you know, made me see why Kevin Smith is so liked. He's a very charismatic, funny, nice guy because he is in this show from time to time. And it just kind of, you know, sells. It's like, oh, this is why you like it. And it's also really cool for me as a nerd going, holy shit, that's the, that's the very, that's a mint, uh, fantastic four. Wow. And then I go, wow, I know that. I'm not sure what, that impresses me. <laughs> hmm. I might need to reevaluate my priorities here. But I also collect small plastic men, so. Eh. <laughs> well, and I think it's great. I, I've, I haven't watched it recently, but I think I watched, like, the first season or, like, when it first came out. And, like, surprisingly, granted, you know, the, the show exists because of Kevin Smith, but yeah. it doesn't really need him. Like, Walt and Brian are, are very charismatic and, like, they're very entertaining to, to watch. Yeah, that's um, the thing. You think you're going to get a lot of Kevin Smith, but it's Kevin Smith's friends. Yeah, like, no. These guys are really funny and really interesting. <laughs> and you also do kind of go, wait a second. They're bringing in something, and it's a big thing. Well, now I just got to sit through the commercials to find out what the big thing was. And then right. it's like, oh, my God, Batman's codpiece. How much is that going to be worth? <laughs> More than you would think, and for reasons you can only imagine. Uh, so I mean, where where is the show available? Uh, currently it's available on Prime. I mean, Batman's codpiece, that would make an interesting cereal bowl. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not where my mind went, but okay, hobbyist. <laughs> I was thinking Bane mask, but cereal bowl uh, too. Yeah, cereal bowl. <laughs> um, oh, it's my turn, I guess. Um, well, um, I can keep it with. I guess I'll I'll pick uh, some things that I because most nights I'm painting. So um, if I'm not streaming, I typically have either some music or shows on. A big one that um, I had never watched. My my girlfriend actually got me into it. Is have either of you watched Letter Kenny? No, I haven't heard of that. Oh my word! So it's on Hulu. I guess the way I would explain it is it almost feels like Canadian clerks in so much that, like, they have kind of some running um, jokes here and there. It feels like the delivery feels very clerks-like. But it's essentially about about a small town in Ontario, Canada called Letterkin. Actually, it's... The town exists, but it's a different name. It's based off from where the creator lived. And it's essentially just about the the people that live there and just the daily weird goings-ons. It, it, it's very, very funny and very entertaining. And sorry, like, I, did a quick, I did a quick Google search, and the larger guy with the beard in the overalls, I've been watching a bunch of his stand-up recently. I don't remember what his name is, though. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what his real name is, but that's Squirrely Dan in the show. Um, <laughs> Squirrely Dan. Yeah, okay. and um, it's just it's it's a hard it's one of those shows that it's hard to explain because it's just about everyday life of these hicks, hockey players, um, skids, which are like meth head like trevor wilson Sorry. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like like it's almost yeah it's like druggies and um like just the different i guess quote unquote factions within the small town and how they interact with one another 
Huh. And there's huh. eight seasons time. of it. Eight seasons. So like, wow. Can, yeah, no, there's a ton. And um, they they spit them out quick. I think there's only like maybe half a year between season seven and eight. Like, so you don't wait long. Yeah. Like they, they just, yeah, they cycle them out really quick. Your description makes me think of, I, I apologize if this is a not going to come off more negative than I mean. I mean it not negative or positive. It just, it reminds me looking at pictures and your description of trailer park boys. I was about to say, I, I can see that. Um, it, it's, it's, different like it's not the i i would say it's more like because now i it's been a while since i've seen trailer park boys that kind of seems almost like is that kind of documentary ish like are they like do they talk to the camera at all close ish to like yeah yeah Yeah, and uh, there's a couple points where they do that usually on entrances um to almost like set a scene but otherwise it's it's a little more uh clerks like I mean, I love Clerks, so that yeah, yeah. works to sell for me. Like, there's this whole running gag about um, these two guys uh, fucking an ostrich. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> sounds like and, Randall, and, all right. And it goes through multiple seasons. Like, they they just keep bringing it up, and uh, they're they're a new layer gets added to it. Like, oh, I heard it was a sick ostrich, and like like you get like yeah. The, so that's the part. Those are the things that kind of remind me of Clerks, where that you know you just kind of, it, it's just this ongoing gag throughout. Alrighty then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, well, thank you, obvious girl, for for no coming problem. on and, and scarring us a little bit with this ostrich fucking. But. <laughs> <laughs> I was Absolutely. already pretty scarred before we came in. Yeah, and uh, I mean I had a good time. I'm gonna speak for Ulrich and say he did too. So shush. <laughs> I had a wonderful evening. Thank you. All right. And uh, maybe we'll have you on again sometime if you want. Just let me know. All right. Well, then that means it's time for the outro, Ulrich. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, favorite, follow, whatever the particular platform you're listening on asks you to do. Because without that, we will be lost to the ever-growing tide of podcasts. And speaking of platform, we are currently on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, one of which you must be looking at right now in order to be hearing this. So thank you. If there's one that isn't on that list that would be easier for you or you want us to look into, tell us so we can know about it and look into it. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. Be sure to tune in next time, and as always, stay honorable.